Hello and welcome to the Idaho Reports podcast. I'm Logan Finney. Joining us this week is Matthew Pascash, a regional economist with the Idaho Department of Labor to discuss the department's business climate survey. Matthew, thanks for joining us. Thanks to have you. So this was the first survey like this uh, put together by the Idaho Department of Labor. Can you introduce us to what the survey was looking at and what was the department's motivation behind it? Well, I'll start with the motivation first. Um, Idaho is a relatively small state. So even in some of our own published data that we put out, as well as uh, information from some of our partner agencies like the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics and the U.S. Census Bureau, sometimes the, due to small sample issues and uh, data, data disclosure policies, which prevent us from publishing um, certain data points, um, we just don't have a lot of data for Idaho. And so that was kind of one of the main motivations for this is that either data is not there or on the other hand, it comes with a considerable lag. Um, um, we see this with perhaps like the American Community Survey results that the Census Bureau puts out. So we figured um, that we'd try to craft our own survey program to track things a bit more close to real time on um, sort of gauging the certain, the, the current business climate, as well as employers' expectations of, of some things going forward. So that was kind of the motivation. And so to then put that into practice in terms of what specifically we would like to look at, uh, this survey included a few things that we would expect to ask every single year that the survey goes out and we do plan to make this an annual survey, uh, but also a few things that might be more just reflective of kind of like some of the more, I guess, salient things we've been seeing or hearing that we might just want to track that year, um, especially with we still have some lingering effects of the pandemic, which sort of motivated some of our questions like on remote work, like on, um, I guess, some of the more varied reasons for, for uh, employee turnover, which might be related to health reasons, family or childcare responsibilities, et cetera. Um, but otherwise, uh, many of the questions like, what has been your particular business's employment situation the last few years? And where do you expect it to be in another five years? Those types of questions we would be repeating um, every time this rolls out. And so for this um, first inaugural survey, we, we uh, decided to um, I guess take it as a bit of an experiment as well for, for trying some new software as well for distributing the survey. Um, so we'll be kind of fine tuning it as we go, but more or less it's to sort of get sort of a, as close to a real time snapshot of what are businesses concerns, needs and expectations for like the medium term. Very cool. We'll get into some of those specific details like remote work and turnover here in a second. But first, can you give me the top level findings from the report? What were some of the most common things you heard from employers in the state? Certainly. So amongst top concerns, um, I will say that as a labor economist um, and with the Idaho Department of Labor, we kind of have an institutional bias in what we look at. We look at typically the labor market and while this is uh, very much a large part of the general economy, I mean, almost everything requires humans to perform some tasks uh, for a certain product or service to be delivered. Um, in any case, we thought that, well, maybe perhaps we have some, again, some ins institutional biases of what we look at in our day-to-day -day, uh, work. And so we decided to see like, well, well, how pervasive are these labor concerns that we're always hearing about? Uh, and no surprise, I guess, to us, but I guess it was some, some validation that labor concerns were the top concerns for our survey respondents. 
um, either the high labor turnover or the cost or just supply of workers uh, in their area and in their industry, et cetera. So those two, I guess, subsets of the labor question uh, comprised uh, a majority of our respondents. So that kind of gave us some idea that like what we're hearing is not necessarily sort of uh, sort of a selective sample of the general Idaho business community, but in fact is, is a pretty pervasive issue we're hearing. Uh, some other top findings um, that kind of stood out to us was broadly speaking, labor turnover, if we look at that specifically, um, is being initiated by workers breaking this relationship that they have with their employers. And it's by and large, um, mostly to switch jobs, to find a better job, perhaps with better pay, better benefits, better work-life balance, you name it. Um, it's very much a seller's market. And when workers have options, they're going to vote with their feet. And so that reflected in what we're seeing for why employers are having turnover. Um, a few other key top sort of high level uh, takeaways um, on the skills question. And again, focusing on the labor market, um, workers typically need some level of skills to be a good match with a particular employer. Um, we asked them for uh, several broad types of, of, of skills and sort of the rank, like what share of your current workforce has these skills and where we seem to be seem, seem to be having the most efficiencies is in soft skills and higher level cognitive skills. Things like managerial uh, skills and, and leadership, things like teamwork, things like uh, time management, as well as problem solving and critical thinking. These seem to be sort of like a cluster of skills that employers are really um, would like to see more of their workers have to an adequate degree. And they are also expecting their need for these skills to grow further in the future. So these were some of the, 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 the big takeaways. Again, some surprises, some not so surprises, um, but it's sort of giving us a, a, good, a good snapshot in time of just sort of what are Idaho businesses and employers specifically sort of really needing right now? Yeah, a lot of this data that you collected from these survey responses does really seem to reinforce what we were hearing anecdotally over the last couple of years during the pandemic. Yeah, we, we've we been hearing for the last couple of years just a, a persistent need by employers for not just workers in general, but also optimistically, maybe workers who have the the right skills, who would be a good fit for their team, for their organization. And while it has cooled a, somewhat since the survey went out, so these surveys reflect uh, March when it was distributed, uh, and we just published the results here uh, last week at the end of August. Um, and since then, we've seen some, some downtick in job postings and uh, a slight decrease in quit rates amongst workers and a slight elevation now in the layoff and discharge rate from, uh, from employers. But that being said, still is a, a tight labor market by most measurements. Um, and yeah, the pandemic caused a lot of reshuffling in the labor force, and it's forced a lot of businesses, a lot of organizations, even a lot of local governments to, to really um, sort of take a, a broad review now of a lot of their hiring practices, a lot of their um, the types of training that they provide to their workers, uh, again, things like benefits, things like work-life balance, uh, and to sort of see, well, we kind of are in a new normal now, and um, many are still trying to navigate what that new normal is for them. Did you guys have any partners who helped you put together the survey and distribute it? Yes. So part of the 
motivation for the survey was to look at some demographic information of our state business leadership. And this was specifically coming from the Idaho Commission on Hispanic Affairs. So they were sort of our partners in this as well. They provided uh, Spanish translation of the questionnaire, which went out. So we had both an English and Spanish version. <laughs> an overwhelming majority were English, but we liked to at least make sure that we had the option for non-English speakers. Um, and then we may consult them again next year if they had any further information they would like us to glean on next year's survey. So. And you were one of several regional economists from the department who collaborated on this. Um, can you tell me, were there any major differences that you guys found across the different regions of the state? Yeah, we, we did find some some differences and some of that reflects just the, the geography and sort of center of gravity of the state being Southwest Idaho and, and the, the Boise MSA in particular. So by comparison, say in North Central Idaho, which, uh, our labor economist Lisa Gregg covers, and then southeastern Idaho, where I cover, uh, we're kind of more of the two less populated and perhaps a little less diversified economies than other parts of the state. So some of our responses may have reflected just our own sort of idiosyncratic mix of, of businesses and employers that reflect our areas, while perhaps survey results that come, came out of southwestern Idaho, where uh, Jan Rozier, our economist who covers that region, covers um, her region, uh, given its size and its diverse, diversified economy, um, is perhaps a little less sensitive to outliers. Um, so we did see some, some interesting regional differences, uh, amongst which um, one thing we did look at this year, which was a part of a request we had received from the State Commission on Hispanic Affairs, was the demographic makeup of business leaders and business owners in our state. And we had seen that generally um, in, in many ways reflecting the, the state population, but in many ways also kind of interesting moving uh, sort of against the state overall demographics. Uh, leadership tended to skew white, middle-aged to older and uh, men, um, but in Lisa's uh, corner up in North Central, we did see a, a relatively larger share, at least compared to the state overall of women in positions of business leadership, which was surprising that we had just not anticipated. So, Yeah, that's very interesting. And you guys also collected some information about the, um, I guess we'll say the age of businesses or how long they've been in business. Can you tell me your findings about that? Yeah, that was partly more of a quality check. We do have some information on sort of the vintage of, of businesses in the state. Uh, and this was to sort of see just perhaps how skewed or not our respondents were um, compared to what we know on the state overall. And there were there was a large representation in our survey sample of relatively newer businesses, those especially in the last 10 years or so when they first began operating in the state. Um, but also this might also perfect or reflect some degree of uh, survivorship bias and that businesses typically have a finite lifespan. And after some point, they cease operations or get gobbled up by uh, another entity. So maybe that also might reflect that. But in any case, we did have a very large presence in our survey sample of relatively new businesses. So reflecting perhaps people who've been here a long time, but also might reflect people who moved to Idaho to start their business. So it's sort of a, an interesting sort of snapshot of just how, how quickly things are changing and evolving in the state that we have all these new businesses 
uh, a lot of businesses in industries that either did not exist or had very small footprints in the state, again, maybe 10, 15 years ago, and suddenly now are, uh, we're seeing more of. So that kind of stood out to us as an interesting uh, fact in our uh, survey sample. Yeah, kind of on the topic of folks moving to Idaho, I want to ask you about um, what was kind of dubbed the Zoom boom during the pandemic of people who perhaps worked for a big company in a big city somewhere else in the country in a different state. And during the pandemic, were able to work remotely. And so they um, left the big city and moved out to Idaho. And so, of course, those folks wouldn't have been captured in this survey because they're not working for an Idaho business. Um our Idaho business is also jumping on this bandwagon and turning to remote work for their employees that are already here in the state. That's an interesting question. And that was one of the motivations for the survey, given just the, the lack of data on remote work in places like Idaho and a lot of other uh, similar rural states. Um, so we did ask server respondents to sort of give us a rough breakdown of, of share of workers who work strictly in person, work in a hybrid capacity and then in a strictly remote capacity. And overall, um, we had found that something like 11% of workers who are employed by an Idaho business work in some hybrid or remote capacity. So a little bit over one in 10. However, this also had a lot of uh, variation amongst industries. So at one extreme, um, mining, for example, it's very hard to, to remote work in, in that industry, um, almost few, if any, workers work in a hybrid hybrid or remote capacity. So probably just maybe executives of the company or perhaps someone doing in, in a accounts manageable might be the one working remote or hybrid, but everyone else for all intents and purposes are in person. At the other extreme of the distribution, a lot of industries which are built upon the production, curating, and uh, distribution of knowledge, of information, things like professional scientific and technical services, information, those where we had seen the largest share of workers who are in a remote or hybrid capacity. So in professional scientific and technical services specifically, we have uh, well over half of workers in those Idaho businesses um, are not in person, which would make sense given that much of their work conceivably can be performed outside the office. And while we've been finding more and more academic literature on the sort of the hidden productivity costs of remote work, given you aren't having these sort of uh, around the water cooler conversations, so to speak, a lot of sharing of ideas, um, uh, stuff of that nature, many still seem to be very much um, staying in that holding pattern with allowing a lot of their workers to work remote or work uh, at least in a hybrid arrangement um, now that COVID is for the most part, not entirely, but for the most part in the rear view mirror. So generally speaking, did this survey give you a pretty good snapshot of how Idaho's businesses have fared since the start of the pandemic? Yeah. So one of our questions we asked was to ask, was asking respondents to look back over the last three years. And we didn't say explicitly since the start of COVID, but we chose three years because that would overlap with uh, the years of the pandemic, more or less, and ask them, how have their employment changed? Now, again, there is some survivorship bias and that we're just looking at the businesses who are still around. Um, we've certainly lost some businesses over the last few years because of the, the shifts and shocks that the pandemic had. But 
by and large, um, a majority of respondents said that they had either stayed the same employment size or have managed to grow their workforce uh, over the last three years. Um, and then amongst uh, that same sample of respondents, uh, asking them what, did they, what, are the, what are their expectations over the next five years, um, again, a majority believe that they're going to at least hold on to the workforce they have or manage to grow it. And we do see also some correlation that entities who expect to grow have typically been those who have managed to grow the last three years. And the other, other extreme, those who expect to shrink are those who have shrunk um, to a large extent the last three years. So again, there's sort of some, some projection of their experience over the last three years forward in the next five years. But by and large, the, the, the picture is one of relative optimism. This report uh, is based on a survey that collected this information specifically from the perspective of the employers of the businesses in the state. Um, does the Department of Labor have anything like this that is attempting to gather this type of information from the point of view of the employees from the workers? We've wanted to. The issue is with um, surveying individuals like that. We have part as part of our work as the Idaho Department of Labor, we have comprehensive uh, contact information for a lot of business entities, any employer at least who has covered employment or employment that would fall under uh, unemployment insurance law, by law has to report to us. And so we have to have some information on file to be able to contact them. Um, and that was part of the information that we used to pull for our email list for, um, for this survey that went out. Um, but when it comes to individual employees, that gets a bit trickier if you wanted to answer that question, um, one way to do it would be to perhaps wait for the U.S. Census Bureau or the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics to add a, uh, another question to their more regular surveys they put out, like the current population survey or the American Community Survey. Unfortunately, we have no way of being able to put questions like that onto those national representative surveys, as well as the fact that they have their own dedicated team of folks who their whole job is to just distribute these surveys, contact people, reach out, do follow-ups, et cetera. We don't quite have the resources to do something like that here in Idaho. We have talked about it. We've been trying to figure out ways of doing it cost-effectively, but unfortunately it's not in the works at this time. Okay. And as we referenced at the top of the episode, this is the first year you guys have done this business climate survey. Um, is it as simple as we're just going to send the survey out next year? Or were there any lessons learned from this that are going to tweak how you guys do it in succeeding years? Oh, yeah. I think the, the main lessons learned is the value of trying to narrow the focus of the survey. This one was a bit of a smorgasbord of, of topics and questions because we had just so many, so many nagging questions as a research team and as a department about certain aspects of the, the labor market and of, of uh, employers in particular that we kind of sort of pushed the limits of what might be a, a, um, a survey that we would expect a lot of folks to participate and respond with some positive rate. Uh, next couple of years, we'll probably trim it down a bit now that at least we have a, a few of these nagging questions answered and we don't expect the results to change much year over year because they probably reflect more, as we would say, 
long-term structural factors and not sort of the the more short-term idiosyncrasies of the pandemic and um, the aftershocks of the pandemic. Um, so we'll probably look at keeping it a bit close, uh, a bit shorter, um, as well as the fact of probably targeting the surveys to particular um, industries, particular regions, do a bit more of what we might call stratified sampling, as opposed to sort of a wide scatter shot, which we did this time around. Um, to put that in, into numerical terms, we had about 90 plus thousand unique emails from our various email lists from both the research division as well as folks who have subscribed to our monthly newsletter that this went out to and we got back from that a little bit over 2300 um, responses. Next time around, we're probably going to take a bit more of a focused approach um, on who specifically we survey um, just to sort of uh, increase the quality of the responses we get. All right. Matthew Pascash, Regional Economist with the Idaho Department of Labor. Thanks for joining us on the show this week. Yeah, no problem. Presentation of Idaho Reports on Idaho Public Television is made possible through the generous support of the Laura Moore Cunningham Foundation, committed to fulfilling the Moore and Bettis family legacy of building the great state of Idaho. By the Friends of Idaho Public Television and by the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. Hi, I'm Marcia Franklin, the producer and host of Dialogue. For more than 25 years, we've been bringing you conversations that matter. More than 150 of those conversations are with writers, and now you can take them with you wherever you go, while you're walking, around the house, or in the car. Just search for Dialogue with Marsha Franklin on Apple Podcasts and other podcast platforms, and remember to subscribe so that new shows download automatically. Enjoy.